Welcome to Healthy by Choice, a broadcast designed to bring powerful healing into your life today. Gaining and maintaining optimum health is possible at any age. That's what thousands are learning at CHIP, the complete health improvement program offered across the country and around the world. You can learn more at chiphealth.com. But now, get ready to enjoy some proven results and priceless benefits. I'm your Healthy by Choice host, Charles Mills. No time in history have we as individuals known more about health than we do today. Scientists can take their machines and peer deeply into the human body, clear down to the atomic level to discover how we live and, more importantly, how we die. But in spite of all of this knowledge and this ability and this technology, we're getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Why is that happening? Let's talk with Dr. Hans Deal, founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program, about what we're missing when it comes to our health. Now, Dr. Deal, in our last program, we talked about the chronic dilemma, those chronic diseases that seem to stick with us for forever. And, and we, we talked about how some people say, well, that's genetic or that's environment. Another argument that I hear often is, well, we are sick like this. We are getting these diseases now because we're living longer. We may be sick, but we're sick longer. And the longer we live, the more chance these diseases have of attacking us. What do you say to that line of thought in this chronic dilemma we all face? Well, you're giving me all kinds of uh, reasons and excuses and <laughs> rationalizations why you don't really want to make those lifestyle changes, don't you? Yes. Last time was the genes, right? Yes, yes. And, you know, what we mentioned last time was, you know, that uh, the genes, the genetic makeup of a person is sort of like a loaded gun. Yes. But it's the lifestyle that pulls the trigger. We now understand that you can override the genetic predisposition that you have towards a disease by the way you choose to live. It's called the epigenetics. It's a new science that has now found that true genetic diseases are probably only mm, probably 5% of all the diseases that we have. Mm -hmm. So truly genetically influenced diseases can be overridden by uh, the lifestyle. But now you come up with another excuse, right? <laughs> now you're talking about... It's all uh, related to the fact that we live longer and these chronic diseases like heart disease and diabetes and hypertension and cancer, these are all diseases of old age. Mm -hmm. right. Is that what you're that's, saying? That's what they're saying. I hear that left and right, yes. Yeah, that sounds pretty reasonable when you look at that sort of from a surface mm -hmm. perspective. But when you look a bit deeper, you begin to puncture some holes into that argument. For instance, we have the idea that living today gives us an extra 30, 40 years when compared to 100 years ago, right? Right. Yeah, they say that our farmers and all the people that lived before, they were short-lived. They didn't live long enough to get the diseases that we have today. So what do you say to that? Well, you know, I was in England not too long ago, and I looked at some of these beautifully maintained graveyards, mm -hmm. and I looked at the markers, and uh, people there in the 1800s, lived 70, 80, 90 years. Hmm. And I said, no, 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 wait a minute, that cannot be. I thought they all died at about 49 or yes, so. Yes, yes, yes. Really, I mean, that's what we think. You know, We have this idea that we're living 30 plus years longer today than 100 years ago. And here's an 18th century. There was something not quite computing here. And so I went all over the graveyard and I took notes. And I thought initially, maybe in this part of this graveyard, they buried all the long-living people. <laughs> 
<laughs> the long living club. They can come right. here. Yes. Yeah. Right. All right. right. And so I took notes and, and I, and I noticed some people, you know, died at 50, some, some died at 70, but most of them are dying 65, 75, 80 years of age. Mm-hmm. And then I came to an area in the graveyard where I saw little markers, little gravestones, and here is here rests our little Harry, and here rests our little Mary, and, and they were one month old, or one year old, or three months old, and all of a sudden it hit me, oh, these were the infectious diseases that ravaged uh, the babies in those days. We didn't have any good sanitation, uh, we didn't have any medical care for these kids, and they died at a fairly high rate. As a matter of fact, when it came to 1900 thereabouts, uh, every fifth baby died before the age of one. You know what that does? That then lowers the average life expectancy for the population. We call this the life expectancy of a baby between then and today where we don't hardly lose any babies anymore. Right, right, right. The difference of the life expectancy at birth in those days when today was dramatically shorter. But when you then make adjustments for the high infant mortality rates in those days, in contrast to what we have today, you begin to realize that when you look at a person that was 10 years of age and you said, well, how long did a person live that was 10 years old? They no longer had to worry about these baby diseases, right? Or you look at a person that was 65 years of age then and today, and you look at these 65-year-olds then, if they made it to 65, they could easily live to 75 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when you look at our population today, you look at adults, the question has to be rephrased. Instead of saying, what was the life expectancy of a baby then? and today because you had many of these babies dying early on today we have to ask the question what is the adult life expectancy yes today versus 100 years ago and then you come up with a measly five six seven extra years with all the wonders of modern medicine Mm -hmm. with all the technology that we have with all the things that we can do to sustain life keeping people alive in a comatose state for sometimes years when you look at all these kind of things maybe we can live five six seven years longer today that's all it's not the 30 years that we thought of and that's number one so people didn't have the diseases then as adults because they didn't have the diseases Mm -hmm. it's not because they didn't live long enough Mm -hmm. so that's one argument the second argument probably is that um, we begin to realize today that these so-called old age diseases, you know, like breast cancer, usually occurs in women over 50 years of age. Mm -hmm. Heart disease is more common in men and women after 50, 55 years of age. Uh, Now we recognize that these diseases that we thought were happening later in life are now appearing early in life. For instance, when I went to school, we were taught that, you know, if you have a large person over 60, make sure you check the blood sugar levels because that person could be a diabetic, Mm -hmm. fat and over 60, Mm -hmm. right? Today, we're looking for diabetes in people that are fat and 16 years of age. Oh, my. So, you know, these are not diseases of old age. These are diseases of lifestyle, Mm -hmm. how people live, Mm -hmm. what they are combating, See, today we can find heart attacks at 27 or 37 years of age. These are not old age disease. Yeah, of course, they occur more often later in life because it takes an accumulation of the health erosive lifestyle aspects. They accumulate and then, you know, 
uh, usually there is a law of cause and effect that kicks in, even though sometimes people beat the odds. But by and large, that's what happens. So we have accelerated the accumulation of the issues in life that cause you to have disease. The lifestyle diseases that we would usually have when we were 60, we're having at 16, and the diseases that we used to have at six months, we're not having at all. So it's like the children and the adults have reversed. You are more apt to live longer if you're a child now than 100 years ago, and you are more likely to die before your time if you're older now than you did 100 years ago. Am I on the right track? Yeah, there are some of these relationships that we can take a look at. Uh, We are stunned to see how these chronic diseases that we usually associated with old age Uh, are now creeping up. We have seen a third increase in these chronic diseases in people that are 45 years of age. Mm -hmm. And we have seen it also in people that are 55 and older and in those that are 75 and older. We have seen a net increase in the different age categories in these chronic diseases. So these are not diseases of old age, but these are diseases that occur more frequently because of the accumulation of our lifestyle. So it's not the genes, it's not the age, it's something else. What are we doing that generates this chronic dilemma we're facing? Well, we just live the good life. Live the good life. (laughs) You have a video about this on your website uh, about living the good life and what the good life is doing to us. So what is the true good life then, Dr. Deal? We've identified something as a good life and it's killing us. What is the good life? What should we be looking for? Well, I don't think you want the good life. Uh The good life is undermining our health. Yes. The good life is shortening our lifespan. Yes, yes. You don't want the good life where you can eat anything you want to eat, drink anything you want to eat, smoke anything you want to smoke, do anything you want to do. Uh-uh. That's a good life. That's what people thought was a good life. Yeah. Anything goes. You can do it. Take charge. No, 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 no. Uh, you don't want the good life. You want the best life. Oh. And the best life is actually a life of deliberate choices towards a simpler lifestyle Mm -hmm. where your emphasis is perhaps not as much dictated by the accumulation of material possessions, as important as that is, but it's more dictated by building relationships. And, you know, that becomes more and more uh, apparent to us as we get older. You know, not that I'm a grandfather, you know, I find it so important for me to really do my very, very best to live as long as I can because I want to see those grandkids Mm, growing up. I want to see Tyler to see what he's going to do with his life. He's such a bright boy, of course. Everybody, (laughs) every grandfather says that, but you know. So, so, so we are beginning to understand that uh, shifting from the major concern with regard to material possessions towards building relationships making a a more responsible choice in leaving a softer footprint on the earth. Mm. You know, these are the kind of things that I think are helping us to develop the best life where you find the joy in being a giver rather than being a taker. Oh, my. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. We need to shift our emphasis from the accumulation of wealth to the accumulation of health. And you know, that might be the ultimate wealth. Yes, that's true. Somebody said to me the other day, he said, if you have a good wife and you have good health, you have true wealth. Well, (laughs) uh, I told my wife that she said, you're right. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, my. She is absolutely right, and so are you on this thing. We'll take a short break, and when we come back, Dr. Deal, we'll talk more about the chronic dilemma that we are facing worldwide here. There's a lot of good news, actually, today. There's a lot of bad news, but there's also a lot of good news. There are entire countries, as you mentioned last time on our program, that are, are trying to train their doctors to come at this whole chronic disease problem from a whole different perspective, and we need to do that as well. We also need as individuals to start educating ourselves, and that's what we're doing right here on this program week after week, educating you, listener, to become part of that best life. And we'll do more of that on our return, so stay right where you are. I'd like to take a moment to invite you to the CHIP website, chiphealth.com. It's a confusing world out there. Lots of information comes at you from so many different directions. We advocate gaining and maintaining optimum health through lifestyle changes. Changes in what you eat, how you exercise, even how you think and reason. Does it work? Over 50,000 graduates say yes. CHIP is a program that works because it's based on the science of health. Science that's proven and amazingly effective. Stop by chiphealth.com to learn more. Changes come when you make health a habit. That's chiphealth.com. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Charles Mills. We're here with Dr. Hans Deal. He is the founder of the Complete Health Improvement Program, and I always enjoy talking with this man. He has good things to say encouraging things to say, not only about our health, but the health of the world. We're talking about the chronic dilemma, the chronic diseases that we are facing today and how we have become victims of the good life. We wanted it. Well, we got it. But we also have the baggage that came along with it. The good life apparently has side effects, just like drugs. And it has some pretty dangerous and deadly side effects. Dr. Deal, let's continue now with some practical guidelines for our listeners. We want to have a life with the accumulation of health and we want to have the best life, how do we do it? Where do we start, Dr. Deal? Yeah, how shall we do it? That's a, that's a very, very profound question. Uh, I think uh, epidemiology, the science of disease frequencies and how habits and lifestyle aspects intersect there, mm-hmm. uh, I think we have learned quite a bit that we can turn this disease epidemic around that is related to the good life. We don't have to become victims of our own lifestyle. And even if we have become victims, we can turn this around. And here's some good news. We have learned from the famous Framingham study near Boston that has been going on since 1949. Can you imagine? Mm. Well, we have spent over $65 million in following people and several generations now. We've learned from that large, large study with over 1,000 scientific reports published that if we could get our blood cholesterol down to the 160 or thereabouts, Mm -hmm. if we could get our blood pressure down to the 125 or less, and if we could uh, do something about smoking in our society, we could eliminate a large percentage, probably up to 80% of all of our major coronary events before the age of 65. So that's really good news. That means cholesterol diminishment through diet, not necessarily through drugs. 
right. diet is much right. more uh, effective. Right. To stop smoking, it's a given, of course, now. And to do something about our blood pressure, which relates to the high salt, overweight, lack of exercise, kind of an aspect of our lifestyle, we could probably eliminate up to 80% of all of our major heart attacks before the age of 65. So that's good news. Now, once people have become victims of the culture, of the lifestyle, I have some good news. There's Dr. Dean Ornish, San Francisco. He has convincingly shown that a simple plant-based whole food diet coupled with exercise stress management could reverse not only the narrowing of the arteries in advanced coronary patients, but he also showed that it can reverse prostate cancer. Oh, Reverse prostate cancer? Wait a minute. Reverse prostate cancer? That's right. And he has shown that whatever he did with his cardiac patients, you know, he's well known, he's world renowned in that he published in 1990 that you can take coronary arteries that are significantly narrowed and hardened. Mm -hmm. He can open them up within a year's time by following a very simple diet, some exercise, and stress management. He has shown this very convincingly. He has published many, many scientific papers and a book that's over 700 pages. He is the man that has shown you can reverse heart disease. Now, in the last three, four, five years, he has demonstrated over and over again by working with Nobel Prize laureates that you can actually take people that have what we call indolent, that's a low-risk, slow-growing cancer, that you could actually take these patients with, with prostate cancer with a high PSA which measures the likelihood of something is happening there. Right. You can actually reduce that in no time. He has shown that you can put people on a very simple diet, they have prostate cancer, you take their tissue, their cancer cells, put them on a Petri dish, and then you change the diet of these people, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You put them on a very, very simple diet, and he has shown that you can then take some of the blood from that person that has now a new kind of a blood, a healthier blood, and you spread this blood on the Petri dish where the cancer cells are, and the cancer cells begin to die. Oh, yes. that is incredible. That is now. This is diet alone, or is it diet with drugs? No, it's diet alone. Diet alone. Okay, diet alone. Yeah, right. we don't have anything really that we can recommend uh, pharmacologically uh, in terms of uh, killing a cancer cell like that that I know of. So, so this is really big, big news. And he has now also shown that uh, you can extend the lifespan of the cells in a very, very sophisticated experiment. So Ornish has really led the way that as you take care of heart disease for the simple diet, you can apparently now also affect and shape uh, the prostate cancer. And also he has shown that when you do this and a person may have diabetes, the diabetes will begin to diminish. You take your own blood and turn it into a cancer fighter. That's right. Wow. That's right. Wow. That's right. That's exactly right. It's documented. It's all published. My. So that's Ornish. Then you have Caldwell Esselstyn. He's a physician. He used to be a well-known surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic. Then he had a change in his career. He became involved in lifestyle medicine. He wanted to teach people. He said, I operated on so many cancers, but you have a person with breast cancer. What are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You just take off tissue. Yeah. Right? But have you really 
help that person to prevent this disease. What can we do with heart disease? And then he said, I wanted to show that maybe you can reverse heart disease as Ornish did. And so what he did, he took the walking dead mm. cardiac patients. Mm. I mean, they had a few months to live. Mm. They had been at the famous uh, Cleveland Clinic. They had their bypasses. Everything had been done. And yet uh, they had a very poor prognosis, a very guarded prognosis, we call this. Mm-hmm. And so he took these people. They were obviously very motivated, and he said, I want you to eat very simple foods. I want you to eat foods that don't have a nutrition label. Mm -hmm. So that meant no processed foods, right? right? right, right. And he said, I don't want you to eat anything that has a face or a mother. (laughs) He kind (laughs) of looked at him and wondered what that was all about. He said, well, if it has an animal background, don't eat it. Don't eat it. So he told them, no dairy products, uh, no uh, turkey, no sausages. No fish. I want you to eat no fish. Fresh fruits, vegetables, and he really pushed the deep green vegetables like kale and broccoli and some of these things. And I want you to eat more whole grains, you know, like uh, wheat and millet and quinoa and some of these things and right. brown rice. And then I want you to eat more of the legumes like um, beans and uh, lentils. Mm-hmm. Huh? You know, these are very simple foods. They, they come in nature. They're, they're very inexpensive. Uh, they're very nutritionally laden. Yeah. And he didn't even say anything about exercise or anything. Like that. He said, I want you to really eat a very, very simple diet. And I want you to eat it regularly. And I want you to come every two weeks to my office. And I'm going to take your cholesterol every two weeks because I want to make sure that the thing is working. And I want to validate that you're telling the truth. Right. Right. And so he also brought the, the spouses in and, you know. <laughs> the spouses for the validation. That's right. My husband and my wife at... is going to watch me like a hawk. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and so uh, SSTN demonstrated that after 20 years, 74% of these people are still alive. My after 20 years, my. they were supposed to live, you know, a short life, a short-term perspective uh, of life, really, at that time when they came in. But mm-hmm. they showed that you could open up these coronary arteries, the cholesterol dropped down to 130, 140, no medications, and as it happened, the arteries began to open up again. The uh, heart muscle was nourished and nurtured properly now with nutrients, and the um, people are doing well. And then, of course, you have Neil Barnard. He is the president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. He has done in many, many studies that you can actually take patients with diabetes and give them a very simple diet, just like Dr. SST and also Dr. Ornish with heart disease, mm-hmm. and he found that 71% of these uh, diabetic patients on drugs were off their drugs in less than four weeks, My. and the blood sugars were normal. I'm assuming something here, Dr. D. I want to I assume something here. If we move from the good life to the best life, and we adopt this whole food plant-based diet, and we exercise, and we, we do all the good things you talk about in CHIP, in those diseases that we get that aren't lifestyle related, that may be genetically related, that may be environmentally related, that may be just what we're going to get because we're human and living in a, in a dirty, bad world, we're going to be better able to fight them as well when we have a body that is not trying to fight the chronic diseases that we've reversed or gotten rid of. Would I be on the right track by saying that? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. When you make those lifestyle adjustments, you are strengthening the immune system in the body. Across the board. Across the board. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, giving the body 
an extra resilience to fight the diseases that, you know, are coming with an aging biology. Yes. Obviously, yes. Uh, you know, we're not immune to these things, but, but you have a better fighting chance. You know, this was demonstrated very, very powerfully by the Pritikin Longevity Center. Mm. The Pritikin program has over 75,000 graduates that have gone through their clinic, their residential program. They live there for two, three, four weeks, and they've published over 130 scientific papers showing that you can reverse many of these common diseases like diabetes and hypertension and high cholesterol and heart disease and osteoporosis, all of these things. And of course, in some ways, uh, maybe I can mention that uh, you know, in our CHIP program, the Complete Health Improvement Program, where we have over 65,000 graduates yes. that we take care of, not in a clinic, but we do this in the community. Yes. These programs are conducted in cities, in, in, in different countries, where we train people and then they give the video program to the people in the corporations, in hospitals, in the communities, and so on. We have seen similar powerful results provided in a very uh, inexpensive fashion where the education takes place with very carefully made uh, videos that are now available. Dr. Deal, as I listen to you here, I'm both excited and I'm also getting kind of hot under the collar. You say time and time again that all of this information is printed in scientific papers and scientific Mm -hmm. journals. Are our doctors not reading the scientific papers, the scientific journals? Aren't these papers and journals specifically written for our doctors, the people who care for us, the medical professionals, to read so that they can apply it to their patients when we come stumbling into their office with all these numbers of chronic diseases? Well, you you better be a little nicer now about this. (laughs) Well, of course, the question is a good one. But you see, medical people today have about... 10 minutes to see a patient. They're in a pressure cooker themselves, and what can you do in 10 minutes? And so it's so tempting to just uh, reach uh, out for the prescription pad, Mm. and here's the magic pill, and it has been uh, touted, it has been advertised on the television by the pharmaceutical industry. You know, we have uh, a society today that is totally over-medicalized, and uh, our our medical people are unfortunately part of that culture. Mm -hmm. And so we need to, yeah, we need to find a new way. We need to maybe teach uh, people in groups. Maybe a physician can have five diabetics Mm -hmm. and uh, the physician becomes the the facilitator leading out in the process or hiring uh, an educator to help these people. That's what we need to do. That's the only way out of our chronic dilemma to teach people, to educate, to motivate, and to inspire people to help themselves together as a medical profession and as the patients. Together as we work, we can do something about it, but we cannot do it alone. Uh, Mm. The doctors have to help us, and the doctors have to get on that new track of lifestyle medicine because looking for a magic wand, looking for a magic pill when it comes to chronic diseases is not going to be working. We have to recognize that the greatest health benefits are now likely to come from efforts to improve the health habits of the people instead of further medicalization. I think the research data is in. The road to better health and longer life is eating less fats and oils, less sugar, less animal products, less salt, alcohol, and caffeine, and eating more whole grain products, more legumes, more fruits, more vegetables, and maybe a few nuts, and drinking plenty of water, get plenty of rest, and just become, you know, a nicer person. Reach out to a person. Have your own social network, and maybe some of us could learn to fold our hands again and to recognize what is really the real issue in life. You know, isn't it who holds our hand? Mm, 
Yes, yes. Well, we have been given information today, listener, that is life-changing and life-saving. And I recommend that you go to chiphealth.com, the website, to continue your education. Lots of good information there. Also, information about how you could become involved in a CHIP program in your neighborhood. That's chiphealth.com. Dr. Deal, I'm always inspired talking with you. Thank you so much for stopping by today and sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you, Dr. Deal. Thank you. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Hans Deal inviting you to be healthy by choice. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about Healthy by Choice, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651. You can also email us through our website at 3abn.org.